And all of the most important people within the racing industry are here and coming off the stage after giving an important interview and listening to the latest discussions is our number one trainer, Chris Waller, who joins us. Chris, great to see you here. How are you? I'm very well. Good to have that, out. Good to have that behind me. It was um, quite daunting knowing... I'm not sure what's called the Asian Racing Conference because it's just people from every part of the world. Um, fantastic idea. Great to bring so many people together. We've all got opinions and it was refreshing. Just on that, because um, you're obviously famous and you've been interviewed a lot and you um, conduct yourself extremely well, but certain things are very intimidating, aren't they? And I imagine a little bit of a out-of-your-comfort-zone sort of experience. Very much so. Um, yeah, we're not trained for this. Yep. We... Um, we're lucky enough to speak on emotions after we win a race or pre-race interviews, but that's about the limit to our media career. We're not, yeah, certainly not designed to be talking in front of hundreds of people. I think there were 600 or so people here and delegates from all around the world, and I'd be just as much interested in listening to any one of them. They can all bring something to the table, and it's great for racing to have all these people together. So what was the essence of what you had to say? Because this is all about looking to the future, what racing can do to improve and, and where it can go? Um, the essence of it, I guess, was people wanted to know something about Australia, horse trainers, um, how we operate, are we moving with the times, and my, they, they concentrated on the owners, how they're being looked after, what we do for them, how important are they for the sport, briefly touching on the, the gambling aspect as well and how transparent we have to be and you guys, Matt, Michael, call us out when we're not doing the right thing. Um, and we've just seen things so much, so seen so many things change over the last 20 years. Like, you imagine talking to Jack Denham. Yeah. Um, Would have been a short conversation. Pretty short. <laughs> um, obviously, Tommy Smith, Bart Cummings have been fantastic. They've been, and Colin Hayes have been great. But we've had to learn along the way and how things change, transparency and being accessible so little things like that are so important and there's so much I could learn as well with the new, the new generation trainers coming through yeah, I think what you and, and um, Charlie, Charlie do is, is brilliant I'm loving your little videos that you do a little bit of humour as yeah. well as getting the information out there every weekend as well well that's a good example like we just started just to, just as a small chat but we've now learnt we've got to take it to a new a new dimension and be a bit more professional and, and try and deliver a little bit more content you, you've always been lateral in the, your understanding of racing and your role in it and racing's relationship with the outside world. And we're hearing a lot this week about concerns that racing has all around the world, about pressure points, about the perceptions of gambling and welfare and, and all those sorts of things. And I, I think you and others take it upon yourselves to be always mindful of being in the shop window and presenting yeah. the best possible narrative for racing as you can because there are those pressure points are there, aren't they? They are. Ten years ago, someone would have said to me, oh, we should stop the whip or there'll be no whip one day. I, like everybody, or 90% of people said, oh, you're joking. Yes, I could see it'll be restricted, but you can see now that it is going to happen. Things will change and we just have to break break people down gently and, and explain to them that this is a changing perception and, and whether it's a whip, whether it's um, horses of ages they're racing or whether they're running in all of these things change and you've got to be a socially mm. acceptable sport and you see other sports get left behind if they don't is that well, the biggest issue in your mind for racing that 
social perception? Well, I think you need the biggest audience possible. So if you want to just be converting racing to 5% of the population, it won't, it won't exist for much longer. We've got to get as many people as we can to the races. We've got to, meet, we've got to get people involved um, from all aspects because otherwise you'll get left behind. Well, you're a leading horse trainer with not much time, but you're also a suburban dad and your kids go to school and then you get a lot of exposure to, to uh, what Giles Thompson might have described as wokeism and things like that. But you get, you get a strong indication when every, every day your kids come home from school about kind of where we are compared to yeah. where, the, where, where the other kids' parents are at. Yeah, I first heard it five or six years ago. It was, it was Ed Cummings, trainer in Sydney, said, oh, he's got a lot of sort of university friends and they're just talking badly about racing you've got no idea how bad people are talking about it well now i've got a young daughter she's 10 years old loves horses and i imagine most girls yet like yep. horses um i'm waiting for her to say dad how come jockeys whip horses um how come that horse didn't make it home like these are things that are going to get asked and my daughter will probably be fine, but her friends won't be yeah. if we aren't mm. socially acceptable to show what we do behind the scenes. Invite them to our home. Invite the RSPCA. I think they're a great organisation. They do mm. some wonderful things, including horses. Invite them to our home. Bring them to see what we do behind the closed doors um, to see how the sport is run to see how we love these animals because that story is the only story that we have to worry about and just leading on from that you're the biggest trainer in australia with the most horses the the next aspect is the life after racing how can we improve that and and what do you think we need to do in that area again be transparent show up the people that aren't doing the right thing they need to be showing up it's a serious issue if it still happens of course small percentages let a big big majority down uh, but again, show the after afterlife of a racehorse, how they're being well looked after, they're, um, trans- they're, um, they're, they're tracking them to where they are right until their last day um, to make sure they're properly looked after. Chris, I think we've asked this before, and it's an ongoing thing that people are just probably sick and tired of, but it's blown up again this week. There's court action, there's uh, racing New South Wales versus the rest of Australia. Just as a... As a participant, not necessarily a New South Wales-based trainer, what, what's your, your take on how things are evolving along those um, lines? I, th- I haven't really analysed it, the latest issues, but I can see how much good's come of competition and how much money has gone into the sport with prize money. Where's that money come from? Like, the clubs are now accountable. Um... We're seeing that flow through to the breeding industry and the, the values of horses are going up. Um, but a greater return for the investors is what I want to see, and I don't care how it's done, to be frank. Um, yes, we have to protect the Group 1 pattern. Yes, we have to protect the fact that people do want to see the stars racing. And we've often spoken about it. Oh, how come you didn't bring Winks down earlier and things like that? I get that. It's different when you're, when you're in the coalface when you're looking into the sport people want to see Winks and Nature Strip racing together at a certain distance they want to see Black Caviar taking on Haylist five times a year not twice a year Um, so I think there has to to be someone that 
puts their hand up and says, well, this is what we suggest, and if you don't suggest it, well, that's up to you, but you need to be doing something moving forward. Just on the superstar, Nature Strip, who's... He's an old boy now, but has he still got that speed in the legs to win the Lightning? I do think so. Um, his last run of his preparation in the spring was good. He ran second. He was fairly beaten, but I love the way he still showed his heart. The young brigade are catching up. It's obvious to see, and there's a few of them. So Saturday's an intriguing race. Gate one? Yeah, barrier one. What do you think? Um... I'm not sure. It all depends how the track's playing, I guess. It could be a slight advantage. I think he likes to have free free air, so he doesn't have a horse leaning on him when he jumps because that was what cost him the race last year. He was interfered with at the start and still managed to fight out the finish. Um, so there's positives from it. Wouldn't look too much into it. Not too much interference in a straight race, is there? No, indeed. Yeah, as you say, the you know the Buenos Notches of the world. There's there's a baton change going to have to come because that's life, isn't yeah. it? But uh, whether it happens this weekend, well, <laughs> that's the big question, isn't it? Just quickly, I know uh, I'm going to let you go. Osipenko is is he on track on Saturday? Could we see him in an Australian Guineas? We keep keep options open, and that's another great debate, isn't it? Australian Guineas yeah. and the Ramat Guineas the same day. Um, it dilutes the pool of horses. So good for the trainers because we get two two throws at the dice, or one throw at the dice but d- different horses, so I'd say he would stay in Sydney because he doesn't have to travel, yep. travel is hard with horses um, you might even see him accepting in both races and see where he draws, if you draw barrier 18 at Flemington, it's not much good, if you draw barrier 16 at Ramwick, it's no good either, so that's a little discussion topic, isn't it? Other than the big boys, or another name this weekend we should be uh, looking out for? Yeah, you've got me on the hop a little. Okay. Um, what race is it in? Yeah, it's a two-year-old <laughs> race. <laughs> is it all joined together? You've got Sh- me on the Shin- hop a little? Yeah, Shinzo the following week. He looks our, he looks our main golden slipper horse. He'll run in a two-year-old race in Sydney, the Skyline, next Saturday. Perfect. Uh, great to see you in Melbourne. We'll Pleasure see you here on Saturday. Here. Yep, I'll be here. Good Thank you.